Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes have successfully defeated the final Mind Flayer and the two of Abishai plaguing this long-forgotten lair. However, Tiamat is displeased at these events and has ripped open a portal to try to pull everyone to hell. Bernie has called on the power of her goddess who prevented her cleric from being sucked in and has diverted the portal to a slightly safer location. Now, as the portal closes, Bernie finds herself without her friends, but not alone. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Obo Crazy. And I am here with one other player of mine. We're doing a one shot for a one person. This is great. So last week you would have heard what happened to our fine friends in hell. But we're going to jump back in time a little bit and have a chat with Bernice Q. Burns and, and see what she's been up to because... She's been up to some interesting things, but first, I am just drinking water because I just came from the descent and I did a lot of talking. It was a lot of talking, so I have flavored water because my, my poor throat, even though it's been a couple days. Bernie, what are you drinking? Unless, unless Steven wants to do a quick surprise for me from the fridge. Surprise me! Hey! I'm leaving all that in, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, Steven's now the the silent partner. Drinking drink like with the drink motion with his hand. I was like, no, bring me a pit. Well, no, actually, I (laughs) bring me a pitcher. Bring me a pickle. I don't know. Oh, this one. Ooh, this one. I will. What did he bring you? So this is a little bit of story time. I'm sure many of you uh, recently watched the ending of Game of Thrones, and we don't have the time to go into that. But we went to a party at our friend's house and we decided we would go get drinks to bring. And we thought, you know, cider is a really like Game of Thronesy kind of thing. And it and honestly, cider like is is very apropos, I think. This yeah. is an apple and cherry cider from Ooh. who is it from? Cedra Palm a series. I think I pronounced that correctly. It's been a minute since Oh, Collective Arts. Of course I like it. It's Collective Arts. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Collective Arts. You are Arts a devotee Brie. of theirs. I need to come visit them at some point. I think they're in Hamilton, Ontario, so it's time to take a field trip. Oh god, it even just smells really good. Mm. And and their bottles are or the cans are always really really pretty. This one's so cool because it is it's modern, but it, it really reminds me of if anybody's ever studied like Greek mythology or Roman mythology or in general, if you've done like classical studies, the pottery from the time period is often like a black work on white or a white on black or a white on red is popular or black on red. So it's got that kind of visual and I will 100% this will be in stories, and if you see this pop up in our story, then you'll get an idea of when we recorded all this. There you go. You'll have you'll have an idea. Well, and me talking about just coming back from the descent will also you'll yeah. have a you'll and you'll you'll be able from... to narrow it down pretty well. So we're still in that like devastated period, so that's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I would like to think Bernie is not devastated at this moment. I mean, she is currently facing the giant orb of light that is a representation of her goddess which is awesome as her friends have been sucked through a portal to hell which is not as awesome but there were these reassuring words from queen bay as she talked about you being a beacon to bring them back and you did see the scene shift a little bit away from the queen of dragons the evil one to just hell so it's it's got to be some mixed feelings at this moment, but as the portal closes and you are are left there with Cocos Newt and your goddess, what would you like to do? Well, I mean, so I actually had a little bit of time to think about this, and I for and I admittedly 
Bernie's gotten left alone by people she cares about a lot in her life, and it's been a forever thing. So I feel like she is like, in fairness, you weren't really left. scared. They yeah, were, yeah, they, they were did take. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't their fault. So that that hopefully helps. In my head, she was kind of like you know that like thing where there's like that wind sucking you, and you're like holding on, and it pulls you. In yeah. my head, she's like kind of on like all fours and she sits back and she's gonna look at Coco soon and she's gonna go I I think this is what they call the chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> I I I'm not you know, like I wasn't trying to catfish anybody using TMF, but here we are and you never think they're gonna find out and oh, she found out. Uh, and she, I think she's just like, everything's so weird that she's like waiting for Coco Snoot to answer her. She's like, eh. Well, who answers is your goddess, who seems to still be there for a moment, who says, it'll be okay. Give it a day. Come back here. They will return. A day? Is that it? Do I have to do anything else? You are their beacon. You need to be here. The rest will take care of itself. I think she's gonna like take that literally and uh, reach in her bag. And I assume there's like, she's got like, she got her paints, her sparkle paints, and she's gonna put a big sparkly X underneath where the portal was. Okay. And uh, she's, how is she gonna tell time? How do we tell time, Lauren? I just realized, do any of us own a, like, no, you have, you all have a vague sense of time, you know, like normal people do. It's been a little more difficult underground because you don't have the, the normal rhythms. You do also usually have Jonathan who can tell what time it is. Yeah, wherever it is. So you have a, a, a vague idea and you think that you could make sure that you're here on time as long as you think about it. Okay. So. It's a, enough of a concern that you're going to need to think about it, but as long as you're conscious of it, you should be fine. All right. And I'm going to, we have been in these tunnels for a while and I kind of want to get my, Julia, me, wants to get her bearings. So okay. we have gone down this, like from the t the very tippy top of the island yes. to here in terms of hours of walking. Um, Several. Several, but not a full day's worth. Probably not. Although you, if it would be enough in where you couldn't make it to the top and back down in a day. Could I make it to the fluffy brain eaters? Fluffy, which the, ones? The hairy <laughs> one. The hairy one. Oh, that the Balhamet. The Balhamet. Yes, you you definitely could. You could make it to where the Balhamet is uh, or where you met the Balhamet, assuming it's still there and back. Uh, that would only take about two or three hours at most, uh, without having to move very fast. Uh, I will say, as as you kind of mull over your options and you, you're marking the sex on the ground, it's taking a little while, take some some paint because it's rough rock. And so in order to make it obvious, you're kind of having to, to make it pretty thick. The light source that you've created that you've been hearing your goddess speak from does say one final thing. She says, if you're interested, the prize you seek is in the maze. The path winds, but is safe. The maze. I will be here. Wait, I, like, hold on. There, there's a, there's a, this whole place is a maze, Bay. I, not to be disrespectful. I mean, maybe for you, it's like looks different, but from this angle, it's a little complicated. There's an actual maze hedge. Not many hedges here, but those you originally seek were fond of them. Interesting. And with that, you watch as the light kind of shrinks a little bit and you sense that she's gone. The light is still there because if I remember correctly, when you cast this spell, it's, it's like an yeah, hour light or something. Is a, it's a long spell. It lasts for a while. Well, I was going to go make some apologies and hopefully not get eaten. But Coco Snoot, you want to do a maze with me? <laughs> he seems happy to do whatever with you want. All right. Let's... um. Can you smell mazes? I just, I guess we're going this way, because I know there's no mazes back, so I guess the only way to go is forward. Roll a Roll is, oh, history girl, check Oh, you me. know that only actual me succeeds on histories. My history is pretty good? Oh, oh, okay. I actually am good at history. <laughs> yes! 
Yes, Bernie. Perfect historical recall. I got. I guess I'll drink for this all by. I'm glad it's me and you. I got a natural twenty yeah. plus five. That's a twenty-five. In that moment, as you mull over Bay's words and kind of collect yourself and collect Coco Snoot and are thinking about mazes and where you're supposed to go and what's going on, you literally. It's as if you're seeing time replay in your head with exactly, it's like a beautiful mind moment mixed with Sherlock and where you're, you're watching everything happen. And to make things simple, I'll say you distinctly remember when you originally came down here, you were looking for this cult to Baphomet that were full of minotaurs. Minotaurs are known to be yes. the fans of mazes and it would make complete and utter sense for them to have created a maze to at least get into their lair. And I'll say with a natural 20, you also can remember perfectly the route, not only out of here, because that's pretty simple, back into the main cavern that the Smelly Ten Tribe used to be in, but you can also remember the specific passage you need to go down to get to where the Baphomet cultists were, and you also can perfectly remember the conversations that you heard the the goblin guards that you were speaking to they talked a little bit about some basics about that that area with the the baphomet cultists so you have this kind of no i know exactly where i'm supposed to go because i remember everything that we talked about and everything we just did okay so we're going to put an addendum on that we're going to move forward by going backwards coco snoot let's do this all right you mount up coco snoot and trot out the cavern you're in has been basically one large, long hallway. It takes a while to get down, but you seem reassured because your your goddess told you there was no danger. So you, you trot on back into the big, giant cavern where the Smelly Tent Tribe is long gone. They're, they've expedited their retreat, and while you can see uh, little bits of, you know, half a canvas piece and you know maybe some dropped scraps of bread and other things that were left in a hurry it's remarkable how quickly that they've left Ooh, can i do a perception check really quick to uh see if there's any string sure give me a perception check yeah i'm gonna pay for that natural 20 oh, okay that's not as horrible as i thought it'd be it's a 12 well what are you looking for something fine you're looking for twine you're looking for rope like she what exactly? I mean, she's got rope but she would like like a ball of yarn or twine or string. Okay. She figures it could have fallen off a cart or something like that. Yeah, you find what looks like a an unwound. It's it's a mess, and so you think that's why it was kind of left behind. You know how when you have a a ball of of string and it's been unwound and you haven't like wound it back up into the ball yet, and so it's just kind of this rat's nest. It's right over there, and it looks like a lot of string. You'll probably have to take you know, 10, 15 minutes to untangle the darn thing. And it's this kind of weird greenish color. It's not puce. It's a little darker than that, but it's not the most attractive. It's like moss. Yeah, she's going to do that. And she's going to like sit down on the ground and just untangle it. And she's going to look at Coco soon. And she's saying, did I ever tell you that there's this girl that I knew when I was first a postulate and her name was Ariadne and she was excellent excellent at puzzles and the one piece of advice she gave me was to always have a ball of string <laughs> coco snoot seems to agree i really wish that we i could you could actually talk back coco snoot i feel like i know that you would tell me that in old country the string has you but it'd be nice coco snoot senses that you're a little wistful for some reason and butts his head up against your hand to get pet she pets him, and she untangles the string and makes herself a nice nice little ball. Okay. Yeah, you've got, uh, I'm going to say, 50 feet of string. All right. That's is... a lot of string. But it's also not. It's not a ton <laughs> of string, though. It's a lot, though. but not a lot. Yeah. I have... I don't know how many yards are in a... Like, uh, what's in a ball most of string? Ske some skeins have about 200 yards. 200 yards? Yeah, okay. it's usually yards. I can look up. We, let's look up the average size of a skein because it kind of depends. Okay. Oh, I don't need this. Just give me an answer, Google. I don't need the story of this woman's knitting blog. Oh, when I was... <laughs> We're trying to play D&D, &D. Google. Come on. When I was five years old, I learned how to knit and I didn't know how much a foot was. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. 
So seven ounces of yarn. This this super saver that I'm looking is 164 yards. 164 That's, yards, 492 feet. So I'm going to yeah. give you 400 feet because you've you've lost a little bit. So I'm going to yeah. give you 400 yeah. feet of string. There we go. I like this compromise. Yeah, I was just like, how much? Because it always says on the little label. And you're like, this can't be that much. And then you're like, holy shit, this is actually a lot of... <laughs> it's been a while since I've crocheted and I must admit I've never paid attention to that. But yeah, so it takes you a while to, to kind of wrap this up, untie some of the knots. It's a little dirty, but it's not it's not anything that you can't deal with. And then you can see the tunnel that leads down the path that you know leads to the Minotaur's lair. All right. Shall we maze Coco Snoot? <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. stands up obediently and he's ready. Yes, I know. You'll get a treat after this. Let's maze. <laughs> All right. You you trot up into the the path that leads to the Minotaur's area. And while you remember being told about it, this is the first time any of you have been here. It starts off as just a rough-hewn rock passage, like a lot of these. And then very quickly you see that wooden boards and slats have been put down as though to make passageways, just like laying over the, the rock or like almost like miners' caverns. Because this cavern isn't as large as the others you've been in. This could not fit an ancient dragon like what you've seen before and it winds a little bit and then it branches and uh go ahead and roll a perception check oh no oh no it's the one oh it's a one it's I, a one let me uh let me pull up coco snoot <laughs> let him all right so i got a six with a plus five he's gonna get so much better with a plus one he got a ten okay well, but for, so you stand at this cross, this, this fork in the passageways, peering either way, not sure which way you're supposed to go to find this maze. Coco Snoot kind of looks around as well. Why do you fail to notice anything in specific? I think she's, I, I, our party is loud. I mean, we sneak a lot, but I think what, if you think about it, like recently, it's been a really long time with us sneaking that we haven't been connected, mm -hmm. like mentally connected. And so I think the thing that gets to Bernie is it's so quiet. She hasn't been able, she is not alone with herself. Like, I mean, Coco Snoot is there, but like, she doesn't, the kind of magic that Jonathan has is a magic that is very different than hers. Like, she may be a capital S spellcaster and they may have some overlap and stuff they can do, but, like, she doesn't do this, like, mental connection thing. So I think, you know, she's a little inherently distrustful that, like, she keeps a lot of her thoughts, like, muted when they're connected. And it's just, like, there's always people. There's always someone. There's always a noise or a thing to react to and catch off of. And so I think she's kind of... I think her initial reaction would to be like, what do you, what, what do you, what do you think? And then like, look around, like she's waiting for her party to speculate and they're not there. There's not, there's not a giant conversation of which way do we go? And I think this way, and you know, I've, I grew up and raised by wolves, so it must be that way. Or like <laughs> she's looking for like Travancore to investigate and they're, they're just not there. And I think, She's just sitting there realizing that this is all on her. And she's like, Coco Snoot, what do, you, what do you think? Which way do we go? He peers down one way, he peers down another. He sniffs the air a little bit. He squints off to the left. Which way do you give him a directive of something to look for? Hmm. You know. I'm thinking, when I think of, like, minotaurs, and I think of the massive amount of, like, work that goes into making a maze, like, oh, God, man, it has been so long since I've, like, had to dive into, like, the myth. Yeah. And I'm just, like, in my head, she feels like it would be, the entrance to a maze would be marked in some way. Like, okay. the, it, I feel like there would be... To me, and I think maybe this would have to be like a history check or like a creature, like all the checks that Bernie's not used to having to make, or maybe even a religion check depending, but like in my head, 
if your thing is making mazes, you don't make them sloppily. Okay. If this is the thing that your people do, you do it. And if this is where they took up residence and they enjoyed making mazes, if it was hedges, they'd be perfectly trimmed. And I think if it's in stone, there's some kind... I think she's looking for an indicator or a signal or like a, um, a lintel. Okay. That's what the is that that's what I'm thinking. Like above a door, there's usually yeah, like, like a lintel is that yeah. piece that like when a when doorways were built out of two slabs and a thing, that top piece like she's looking for something that says this is for her, if she's thinking about Minotaurs, I think she's going, Well, like all the religiously significant, culturally significant things in her life are taken care of. So ergo theirs must be as well though i always remember seeing like descriptions of the minotaurs maze that ariadne went through like every time they make it it's like dark and dank and horrible but it's like <laughs> if you think about minotaurs didn't make that maze no the they minotaur just was trapped in that maze. trapped one if a yep. minotaur had to make his own maze it'd be nicer so that's what that's my that's the that's the bernie logic is there has to be some indicator if it's the beginning of the maze. And if it's not the beginning of the maze, I think she imagines it opening out into a giant room where the maze would be. So okay. she's she's looking for something. She's looking for, like, a bigger cavern, maybe? I don't know. All right. So you kind of, you mull over this out loud. And Coco Snoot gets the sense that, all right, we're looking for markings. We're looking for signs of something. And he starts to lead you down the left path. You gonna follow him? Yeah, I mean, everything we own is in a box there, according to our religion, so let's go. All right. You start to go down the left path. You follow this this winding, uh, wooden, slatted path for a little while until you see up ahead of you, in the rock, just like pressed into it as though it had been there this entire time and perfectly outlined even though it's it's still this rough stone a wooden door it's a thick dark wood all almost like a single piece of wood uh with a handle on it just the a metal handle no lock or any kind of seemingly mechanism to keep it closed hmm uh i think we're gonna cast detect magic Sure. You cast Detect Magic. Nothing comes up as magic. And I know that stays up for like 10 minutes, right? For the duration, you sense a present of magic within 30 feet. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object that bears the magic. And you learn at School of Magic, if any. Concentration up to 10 minutes. It can okay. pure, penetrate most barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay. You do think because of the size of this door, it's possible it's thick enough for three feet, although that's that's a pretty thick door. Obviously, the stone around you, unless it's a really thin layer of stone that's, you know, doing something else, it's it would be blocking you, but nothing comes off to you right now is magical. And as we go forward, I'll keep that in mind. All right, so I don't detect. There's some nothing about this door is magic. Nope. Well, I mean, I'm not very good at finding traps. And so she's going to try to bounce her yarn ball off the door to see if she can set off any traps. Sure. You. How hard do you throw it against the door? I think, think tennis ball, you know, when you're sitting in a room and you're like, dunk, like it's like wall door or, or sorry, wall floor or floor wall, you know, that just like. Yeah, it's like you're playing a game with your like the toss and catch game you play with in your board, and your mom's mad at you because now there's tennis ball marks on the wall. I was thinking more Steve McQueen uh, sitting in a POW camp. Mm, but mm-hmm. that too. <laughs> All right, you toss it. It hits the door. Nothing bad happens. Oh, you can swear you see the door move just a hair, and then the the yarn because it has is not a bouncy ball. It hits the door and it just slides down to the bottom of the door. Uh, she's gonna pick up the yarn and just, she's gonna say, all, all right, I mean, like, I am, at least, <laughs> at least I can heal us from most things, and so she's gonna say, let's go on in, Coco Snoot. All right, you take the handle, and you quickly realize it's a push door, and that, no, it's, it's a pretty light door, and you open it, it creaks, it gives your classic, And the sound of these rusty hinges and your shushing echo as you enter 
what you think might be a large chamber just from the sound of it, but immediately in front of you, five feet away, is a blank, perfectly carved stone wall. You have walked out onto no longer rough, but a completely level, totally smooth stone floor, not even flagons or cobblestones or anything, just as though whoever had created this had just sanded the stone down to a, a fine sheen. The You see this wall and you enter. The wall goes up about 15 feet in where you think you can then see that it ends before a ceiling is about 20 to 25 feet above it. And the passageway that you enter goes both left and right, continues to be completely smooth. And your your feelings are correct that, yes, if a bunch of minotaurs are going to create any kind of maze, they were going to go all out. And this is it. <sighs> Bernie's going to tell Coco Snoot to smell the ball of yarn. Okay, he does. And, and she's going to say, I want you to remember exactly what the yarn smells like, okay? He sniffs it, and it's still got kind of that musty smell from being left on the floor, and he <laughs> shakes yeah, his head yeah, a little bit, but he, he's got it. It's nasty, but this, this janky-ass yarn might save our lives, all right? And so there's a handle. Is there a handle on both sides of the door? Yes. She's going to tie a piece of the yarn to the handle, and she can say, Okay, everything we own is in a box to the left, right? I feel like... She would, like, try to roll a perception check, maybe, but I kind of just want to make her, like, go off to the left and just see what happens. Well, I will say, because you are in a maze, I'm not going to make you, like, solve a maze, because that's not fun radio. You're going to make your way through this maze. I would like you to make three checks for me, and I'll I'll let you tell me which checks you want to make and why. What can you use that's either on you, or what kind of checks would you like to use to try to navigate your way through this let us Let us do some amazing radio friends at home while Julia reads her character sheet. That's fine. <laughs> this is easy to cut, so take your, take your time. Any three skills, they can't be the same skill. If you would like to supplement them with, with basic reasoning, if you want to talk about how you're going to use this yarn, if you want to use Coco Snoot for any of these. As you're thinking, I'll continue to describe. You, let's say for the moment you take the left. And you can very clearly see that care has been made to make sure that this maze is featureless, that it is completely smooth stone, it is completely flush walls, and as when you make the left, it goes for about 50 feet before you reach another junction that you can go left or right. Uh, And once again, everything is featureless and smooth. So you get at least the basic sense that there is... No easy markings, there's no easy landmarks, and these are, uh, you're far enough underground that you're not sure about cardinal directions. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on June 23rd, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. G-O-U-T-J-I-N-S V-U-L-N-A-V-A-L. So use that code 
and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Okay. Okay. Hit me. Bernie is a cheater. Uh, I, I don't know if I've talked to... God, I don't think I've talked about this a lot. You are a trickster for sure. Yeah, she... I think we originally thought I would do, like, trickster magic, and then I was like, I really need to go in on healing these fools. <laughs> I don't know, maybe at some point we'll, like, do some kind of thing where we switch back Uh, Part of her backstory is, like, a lot of running away and a lot of, like, gaining those skills, but I decided she was a charlatan. Like, I think her views of religion maybe for a long time were a little different than they are now, but, like, she cheats. Like, that's her thing. She does not see any moral problem with it, even if she, like, acknowledges that maybe other people do. So I think Bernie's gonna try to cheat this. Okay. She's gonna get out her paint. I think she wants to... She's gonna, like... I want her to, like, mark on the wall and see if there's any magic that would that would actually... Uh, prevent that? Prevent that, yeah. Like, okay. prevent any... Mar- if it's markings that they're just amazing craftsmen, or is it marking, like, nothing can ever be marked on this wall? You your detect magic is still up, so you can tell at least in the the little bit that you've explored, there is no magic anywhere. When you use your paints on the wall, it marks. It's runny because it's the walls are like mirror smooth. It's remarkable. It's like touching glass. What the, they've managed to do to this stone, so it is very difficult to actually paint onto it but the whatever you paint stays so you don't lose you know if you were to try to mark something intricate you get the sense that it would probably run and get muddy and be unreadable but if you're making a simple marking and you don't mind that it's gonna end up kind of runny and dirty the marking does stay okay so she knows she can get back that's the other thing i've been really concerned about is her getting lost in this maze okay it's a fair concern I'm trying to think if she has stuff in her kit enough to make a compass. Do you have any magnets or any? Trying to like look at her, like look at her spells and look at what's in her kit. She has this like ring, this metal ring that's for helping her pretend to be like somebody she's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, ah, she's got... You know, it's like she wants to cheat and I'm worried that I don't have the things like she has weighted dice, which maybe are magnetic. Uh, Weighted dice usually just literally means a piece just off center so that they always one part always lands on the bottom. Yeah, damn, I don't think she can cheat this. It's killing me. Well, she might not be able to cheat it in the way you originally thought, but you know, you've got some more information now and there's still there's still many things you can do. Is there anything else you'd like ex- to explore or try out before you make your three checks? Hold on. I'm six level spells, right? Yeah, you should have a, because you're a level 11, so you should have one six level spell, unless you've used, I don't remember what your, what spell slots you have left. So okay, you so- haven't yet had a long rest. However, if you'd like uh, to take a long rest, you have 24 hours. Can I get back in time? Well, you've only been gone about an hour and a half. So you've you've only been gone a small amount of time. Assuming this maze isn't going to be a maze that's going to take you forever. And considering Bay kind of led you in this direction, you think, no, this can't be like a 12-hour maze. If you take a long rest, take eight hours and go to sleep, you should still have plenty of time to do that and, and get back. Of course, you don't know specifics, but... Ah, you know, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I have a spell called Find the Path. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have it prepared. So you'd have to take a long rest. I have to take a long rest. It's up to you. No, I'm not going to cheat, actually. All right. Bernie is a cheater, and Bernie is sitting there thinking about it, and then I think she's going to think about the fact that she would have to tell her friends she cheated. So I think she's not going to do it. I think... I'm sure it's like how how your character would solve something and like she's got a way to cheat to get back safely, which is the ball. You keep saying cheat, but I I, I don't want you to feel like being smart is cheating. So I think the, you know, the ball of yarn, the the drawing on the, on the, those are, 
I mean, yeah, the classical literature or the movies that we've seen and we're like, oh, I'm going to draw on the wall and then some magical thing is going to turn it sideways. You know, yeah. you don't get that indication and you don't, you know, and so I don't want you to feel like, especially since Bernie is intelligent, I don't want you to feel like being smart is cheating. And once again, Bernie's a cheater, so it doesn't really matter. That's true. I think maybe I was thinking about it this way, like the whole, uh, and this isn't for everyone, it's like, just like go get the ball of yarn and roll it through the maze. That only works if like the yarn's momentum is not stopped. Like the reason that worked in the original story is there was just a hallway filled with doors. Yeah. And she rolled the yarn and then like saw where it came. That's, it's, that's never going to work. So I think she knows that, and I think the first thing she... What if we rolled... Okay, hear me out on this. Tell me what you want to do. What if she rolled a deception check in a, like, weird... I think she wants to figure out how you would design a maze to trick somebody. Okay. And I think deception is what she would use, and so I think she wants to, like, try to reverse engineer this maze. Okay. So your first check will be a deception check. What will your second check be? I think it would be perception. Okay. Be able, as you're moving through, take a look around, try to uh, gauge where you're going in relation to, to where you are, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And your final check will be a what? Maybe animal handling to see if... Can I make it a Coco Snoot check? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would it be animal handling or I just let Coco Snoot do a thing? Depends on what he wants to do. I think Coco Snoot, because there were minotaurs here up until so very recently. And I think Coco Snoot would do maybe to get I maybe not okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking to get us started, Coco Snoot would do a smell check, right? Okay. Because if the Minotaurs are coming back and forth to the maze a lot, they will always take the proper entrance and exit in. And so knowing how to get into the maze properly would be a smell check because he would know whether they're immediately turning left or right. Like what the first couple of turns are, Coco Snoot would be like, yeah, that smells like Minotaur. Okay. Because they built it ages ago. So it's not, it'll always be like a fresh path. So I think the first check would be a Coco Snoot smell check. All right. So we're going to smell check for Coco Snoot, a deception check and a perception check. Yeah. I like it. All right, let's roll it. All right, Coco Snoot. His smell check is in, what is the, he is a perception. Oh, he has more perception than I thought he did. And he, I believe since this will be a smell check, I think he gets advantage on this. Okay, so it's actually a plus three. Do, yes. So the Mastiff has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on hearing or smell. Oh, but we don't (laughs) need advantage, friend. Holy mackerel. Coco Snoot got a natural 20. Drink to Coco Snoot. There's oh, two geez. natural 20s in one game and only one person's rolling. Holy crap. Coco Snoot, like, in old country, 20 get you. Okay. To to complete the full story of what happens, uh, before I describe anything, I would like you to then make a deception check. Okay. And my deception... Because that was my other proficiency, is deception. Sure. You have to find ways for me to lie to more people, Lauren. <laughs> That's up to you. Oh, that was bad. Oh my god! That was so bad! Oh my god, no. Bernie! Okay, no, wait. You rolled a natural one. Well, let's wait on this for a second. Because, as I said, we'll tell the whole story at the end. Go ahead and roll a perception check. <gasps> this okay, is kind of beautiful. Don't. So many ones and 20s in this game. And we've kind of split the difference. That's a 16. Okay. Here's what happened. Over the next two hours, you traverse this maze, leaving the the trail of yarn behind so that you can find your way back. And you have Coco Snoot go first to use his sense of smell as you've correctly assumed that both minotaurs and humans would be traversing this maze. They're going to know the path, so chances are wherever their smell is strongest. And Kokosnoot is on it. It is obvious that not- your assumption is correct, and he has picked up all of the sense, and he's moving through this maze with confidence and speed. And you are so taken with how well he's doing 
that when he reaches somewhere probably in the middle of the maze and where there's been enough passages that maybe the smell is diluted a little bit more that Kokosnoot finally has to stop, you realize that you've just been like watching your dog the whole time. You haven't I've been still been paying. unwinding the yarn, right? You still, you still been okay. winding the yarn. Yep, yep. No, you've been basically instead of like watching what you're doing as you wind the yarn and follow Cocosnoot, you've just been like, "Yeah, you go, Cocosnoot. This is great." Like you've just been so taken with how well he's doing that when he finally reaches the point where he's going to need a little bit of assistance, you've no idea where you are. You haven't been paying any attention, and so there's. A couple is like 30 minutes and where you backtrack a little bit and then Kokosnu kind of gets you back to that point and you have to go down one path. I feel like we tried to a dead end where everybody was peeing. Yeah, and you're like, oh, no, this is this is that. And then you you take a left and you get a little lost. But fortunately, the string gets you back and and you take you, you finally kind of figure out the way to go, but you lose a little bit of time. And then eventually you get to the end of the string and where you kind of have to decide either you're going to go all the way back and kind of retrace your steps and then replace the string or start, you know, marking with paints or whatever, or you're going to have to keep going. And you think about everything that you've seen so far. And now you're, you feel like you're through a chunk of this maze kind of, figured out the the designer what the intent was and what the feeling behind this was you think you understand what what this minotaur might have been going for and oh yeah you just have to go over here and you take a few more turns and then suddenly you're going down steps and before you is a room with a ladder leading up and you're out of the maze coco snoot's not gonna climb the ladder Coco Snoot, this is not a chaos ladder. He's he's not going to go up it. Okay. Uh, she's going to say, well done. And she's going to give him the pets because this dog gets pets, friends. <laughs> unlike some other deserving dire wolf. We're not going and, there, though. <laughs> and not going there. And uh, she's going to climb the ladder. She's going to see where it goes. Okay. It's a stone ladder that leads up through a hole in the ceiling. You leave Cocos Newt to guard the bottom, climb all the way up through what is now the floor into a larger secondary cavern that is obviously the main place where these this cult had been living, sleeping, eating, kind of all at once. And unlike the pristine maze you had just come through in where there is nothing but clean polished stone everywhere up here it is rough rock it is dirty it is dark and there are bodies you can clearly see multiple human and minotaur remains as well as places to sleep and blankets laying on the ground with like half-eaten food and Oh, you think there might be a toiletry in the corner. You're not sure. But it is basically just a large cave and where these these people were living and eating and sleeping. Roll a perception check. I was going to ask you about that because I'm like, are those bodies coming back? (laughs) Okay, 23. You scan the room with uh, your dark vision and you take the, the extra look at these bodies and... No, these these look like they're dead dead. They don't look like they're going to become undead. And they don't have the weird head wounds that you expect from the Mind Flayers either. It it actually looks like most of them were killed with axes. Just like slashing and blunt trauma. And there's several of them. It's not a large group. It's maybe like four or five minotaurs and a couple of humans. But they're here. Uh, With that perception, you also notice in the far back of the room, there is one single regular bed, unlike kind of the bedrolls and the bales of dirty cloths and hay that it seemed like everybody else had been sleeping on. There is a a basic wooden bed in the back. And under that bed, you see a long wooden chest. Bernie's going to like be coughing. (coughs) Yeah. I mean, it's really bad. You're... You're not in here. I'm talking to no one. This smells really bad. I'm going to smell so bad for so long. We just can't get that body out. Alright. I guess this is what we came for. And she's going to walk over to the normal bed and push it. I think push it out of like 
I don't know. She's little. Can she push the bed? The, the bed is up against a wall. Um, You could pull out the chest. Okay, that'll, this will do that. Yeah, it's heavy, but it's, you're, it, as long as you're not in a hurry, you, you kind of <laughs> pull it out. It's big. It's like the size of the entire bed. And it's, uh, it's like a foot locker, almost more than a, a proper chest. But it's, it's there and you're able to pull it out and you do see big, thick padlock on it. Well, sh- wait. We've been waiting for this moment. I've been training for this moment. You have for been. so long. No more bobby pins. No more chests we stick in a bag and forget about for years. <laughs> this is, and there's, no, there's literally no one here to see this. Aw, oh, man. All right. Thieves tools. What did we decide that roll was? So normally what uh, you would roll in order to try to pick a lock is you're going to roll a dexterity check. If you have thieves tools that kind of just lets you do it, rogues get to add extra stuff to their and, and people who are trained in thieves tools. So for you right now, you've been practicing. So what I want is a dexterity check with your thieves tools. Okay. I have no bonuses. Oh, oh, that's a seven. That's a seven. You're not in a hurry, so you don't break anything. But uh, this this is a little more complicated than some of the practice locks that you've had. And suddenly you realize maybe it's actually a good thing that nobody's watching you right now. I think her first impulse is to be like, stop, stop, what? Uh, there's nobody, there's nobody here. If you'd like to try s- again, you can. She's going to sign, she's going to go... Everybody turn around and don't look at me. (laughs) And yeah, she's going to try one more time. Sure. Oh. Once again, you don't break anything because you're going nice and slow and you're not trying to be stealthy or anything. But this is this is a harder lock. You, You think and now you've spent like 30 minutes up here working on this thing, being cautious, being careful. If you would like to spend more time, you can. You can do something else. Okay, so here's the thing. I think she's just doing what she thinks she needs to do. Could I try an investigation check to get me, like, if it works? I feel like she would maybe, like, she's super frustrated. I think she was so excited to just use the thieves' tools finally that she didn't sit down and, like, look at the lock and try to figure out, like, what kind of lock it is and you know, what she needs to do based on what it looks like. Can I try an investigation check to see if I can learn something about the lock that would help me? Sure. You're going to need a little more light, though. I'll, I'll let you do that. But uh, it's with your dark vision, it's a little hard to see at this lock. So you're going to need All more right. light. She's going to cast light. Perfect. On? On, uh, well, I think uh, it's just like a point, right? Light you cast on an object. You can cast it pretty much uh. on anything, but... You do have to cast it on, like some people, you've seen Jonathan cast it on like a pebble and then hold it in his hand. Uh, You've seen clerics actually cast it on their shield sometimes. It's a pretty versatile spell that way, but that that one you do have to cast on a thing. Okay, so she has this diadem that keeps her from getting diseased. And I think she's going to cast it on the diadem. So it's kind of like she's wearing a headlamp. I love it. You cast light on there. Uh, Go ahead and give me an investigation check. Uh, I also, guys, fun fact, no pluses to investigation. Why did we not just let Travancore be the thieves' tools? Don't ever tell him. <laughs> Bernie's <laughs> like, I think maybe. I think maybe. And then she's like, nope, nope, nope. This is fine. I'm fine. You got it. 17 hey. on investigation. Yeah, so you take a, a good long look at this thing. And uh, the diadem that is now glowing and and shining light directly into this lock, it's perfect. And you can actually see the tumblers on the inside because it is huge. And you realize, yeah, of course it would be huge. It's made for a minotaur. You've been practicing on locks that have been made by humans. This thing is massive. You've probably been missing the tumblers altogether. If you would like, you can try again with your thieves tools. Dexterity check and I will give you advantage. Okay. Oh, that's hey! I hope a 15. You insert the tools in there a little more confident because now you you think you know what you were doing wrong. And so now you know what to do right, except the first thing that you go to do now you can't see in there because your hands and the picks are in the way. And so you fumble for a second, but then you get yourself back in position. You remember what Joster told you. Take a nice deep breath. 
and it comes open. Nice. We're going to open the chest. And I will say, because you did manage to get the chest open from now on, you can add half your proficiency when you oh, are. Okay. Let me go ahead. Let me write this down in this moment. Yep. That's why I wanted to say it in this moment. So you can now add half your proficiency bonus when you're making a thieves tools check. I might have to send you a uh, updated character sheet then. Your proficiency bonus right now is a plus. It's okay. a plus four. Yeah, I can add plus two, which would be nice. You can now add plus two. So as you add that to your character sheet, the lock comes open, you pull it off, you open up the lid of this giant chest, expecting there to be a lot of stuff in there. And there is only one thing in there. There is a very large instrument exquisitely crafted a mandolin specifically it's got like a rosewood cover it's got uh, strings still on it still seemingly perfectly aligned with the bridge eight different mother of pearl inlay uh, almost made out of ivory uh, on the end of it it's just like resting in the middle of this giant box and you think you found a certain specific mandolin I feel like her 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 baser impulses, which she keeps in check around the rest of the party, are like gone. It's beautiful. I feel like it must glow on its own, and so she's going to reach out and pluck a string. Okay. I she wants to. She wants to know what it sounds like. She's just sitting there alone, and I think probably frustrated to the point of tears. And it's beautiful. Like it's. It's the most beautiful thing in this dark cave system. And I think she's been surrounded by, I don't know, I feel like it's been a lot of death. And it's been honestly, like, I, I before you told me about the maze, like, her, I think a lot of what she was going to do was, like, atone for mistakes she felt they'd made and she'd made and, like, ironically selfish mistakes and i think this is a really selfish action but she's just been mired down and it's pretty and she wants to touch and feel and hear something beautiful and it's sure. going to accidentally kill her it's not gonna kill her but let's see what happens you yes it is an absolutely exquisite instrument you may not be a bard but anyone can appreciate the the craftsmanship on this and you reach out and gently pluck one of the strings still perfectly taut despite who knows how long sitting in this case. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. But you're good at these. I should be. You should we'll be. See. Wisdom saves. With oh, yeah. I have a shit ton of bonus to wisdom saving throws. Let's see what happens. Okay, 18. Excellent. There's this moment in where you feel like this instrument is testing you before it's going to let you hear it. And then it's okay. And you pluck the string and a beautiful bong rings out. Like you haven't even plucked it that hard, but it just, it echoes off the stone and in this wooden box and it's perfectly in tune. Also, your detect magic is going off like bonkers. I forgot like, to say. I, every kind of every ripple is like, it's like, pew, 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 pew. yeah, Has this it, is it my detect magic's only 10 minutes. So I think it's been gone. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Well, you know what? You, you've you correctly assumed that this is the, the mandolin you've come for. You knew it was a magic instrument, so. I think she's going to get really close and she's going to say, because I, I feel like she feels it. Like, it's, a, it's an object that has some kind of weird, maybe not sentience, but something. And she's going to say, hello. It's like being next to a Stradivari. It is, it's a Stradivari violin that you've just found. This is a rarity made by a, a master craftsman and it's, it's in perfect condition. And, and no, it does not answer you, but yeah, like that feeling you get is, it's special. She's going to look at her hands and realize they're like horribly dirty and she's going to like wipe them on her exposed robes and she's going to like just touch the like wood with a finger and she's like, you are you alive i don't i'm not very good at this kind of magic i mean i'm good at the kind of magic that makes sure those guys don't really get up anytime soon if jonathan were here he could tell me a lot of things about you but he's not here and i do know one thing and it's that you and i both are really far from home and you're really pretty 
but I think you're also really dangerous. So if you're cool, we're gonna go on a little trip. I can't carry this big giant chest because I'm 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 very small. So is there a like a strap she could fl- sling it on her back or? Oh yeah, it, it's got the classic. This is a guitar shaped instrument. It's got the classic strap leading from the head joint down to the butt, and you could sling it pretty easily across your back. Does it adjust to fit? Oh yeah, you know, it's like the yeah. size of her, right? Like uh, it's-, it's a it's a mandolin, which for a human is a, is a smaller instrument. For you, it's like medium guitar sized. Okay, but certainly you're correct that the the chest that's currently re- resides in way too big and heavy. But this should not be a problem. All right, she's gonna she's gonna strap it on her. Okay, and she's gonna pat Kevin, and she's gonna say, "It's okay. You don't have to get jealous. I'm not a bard." Kevin doesn't seem to mind. Kevin, Kevin the mace, who is never used, doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> he just, he just wants some love. The mace, do- the mandolin doesn't mind either. The mandolin doesn't mind. There's no jealousies. There's plenty of room at the top, and so exactly. she's gonna climb back down and hop on Coco Snoot, and they're gonna get themselves out of the maze. Sure. Because of your forethought for the things that you've done, it doesn't take that long to leave the maze. You wind your way back through the caves, through the smelly tent tribe, former caverns. They've been gone now for a while. She's keeping the ball of yarn. Oh, yes. Obviously keeping the ball of yarn. Saved your bacon. Head back into the cavern that leads down towards where you've left the the X denoting where you're supposed to be. You still probably have a good 14, 16 hours and you make it back to, uh, the light spell's gone out, obviously at this point, uh, but you're back where you know you need to be with plenty of time. Um, You know you can take a long rest and be here waiting for your friends whenever that seems to happen. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I think she's just gonna sleep. I think she's gonna sleep trying to protect this mandolin. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think she's gonna go to sleep and, like, wake up and just, like, I think this is time, the rest of the time is going to be Bernie being quiet. Okay. There is not a lot of quiet time, and I think the quiet was really scary for her, like, I think a lot, yeah, it's like the whole time it was just, like, these, the, every, her party is huge compared to she, how big she is they're loud and she loves them and she's realized like how utterly depend like her entire ability to think is thinking in a situation where there's a million voices and i think she's going to spend time thinking about mistakes and like thinking about what she did wrong and and trying to i think she's gonna give herself she's gonna spend a lot of like meditative time yeah in this these last hours and then i think she's gonna go sit on the spot and as she feels like the day approaching she's gonna try to start like i don't know poking outward like magically and being like is this is this how i do this is like she's gonna like just like magically prod the spot be like how do i open this (laughs) sure you started this out and it was creepy and spooky and alone and now it's kind of it's it is this meditative moment that you now have as you wake up from the long rest and you're kind of reassured by that nothing has happened because no matter how reassuring your goddess's words are sometimes just going to sleep in an unfamiliar area without any watches can be weird but this was this was fine everything was fine and coco snoot's there with you and you enjoy these these quiet moments and there's no nervousness but there's like that weird excited nervousness in your stomach of you know something's gonna happen but you don't know exactly what and then you could swear you hear jonathan could swear you hear his voice calling out for you jonathan she's gonna yell back yeah as soon as you yell as soon as you yell back in front of you like the last time except now there's a different scene on the other side and there's more people and this bright flash of light happens as you see almost a portal, but it's different. Something's weird. And then it goes, it suddenly disappears. And there, after a full day being gone, are your missing friends. 
and two other people that you don't really recognize. And Jonathan is holding what looks like a handful of ash and grinning. What took you so long? And that's where we're <laughs> going to stop. <laughs> and next time we get together, everybody will be together and we'll go from there. And you can find out why you got to spend a day alone while your friend spent a couple hours in hell. <laughs> Because timey-wimey bullshit happens when you're on different planes of existence. Works so they only me. spent a few hours. You spent a day. I will give you experience when we're all back together because I didn't give them experience either. We're going to give give you all experience together. But yeah, you were you were totally successful. You navigated the maze. You Yay. found the mandolin. You may have thought that you were failing at this, but you were, you were pretty darn successful at everything. So congratulations. Thank y'all. Little fun adventure for Bernie. Little tiny adventure. And and you found the thing that you were sent that to we look for. To find. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've completed the actual quest. So now we just have to get back home again, and there is not a yarn ball for that. Well, I think Jonathan has has a bigger yarn yarn ball in mind, but he you'll have does. to talk to him about that next time. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.